Hebrews chapter 11. pastor was approached by a couple in the church uh, who wanted to be married, didn't want necessarily a big church wedding or a big ceremony or anything, but they knew it was God's will for them to marry each other. And so they asked if he might consider doing it at the end of a morning service, uh, Sunday morning service. And he agreed to do that. But uh, when the service was over... His mind went completely blank. He could not think of the couple's names. And uh, so he finally said, uh, would, would, those, would, would those who would like to be married this morning please come forward? He had uh, four widows, two widowers, <coughs> three young men, nine single ladies in the church ranging in age from 30 to 85. And... Uh, realized perhaps he needed to start writing stuff down. (laughs) But the young couple came with them, and so it all worked out, I think. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. What's this verse say? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Yeah. So if you're going to please God, you got to come with faith. And you know what happens? God allows us to read this. He presses it upon us. He has some preacher like me make a big deal out of it by using all different other words for faith, you know, try to trip people up. And, and when it's all over, we understand that without faith, it is impossible to please God, right? That's on Sunday night, Monday morning. Wham! We get hit with the test, and it's a pop quiz. We didn't know God had that plan for a Monday. Oh, my goodness. How could this go wrong and this go wrong and this go wrong and this go wrong and this go wrong all on the same day? And we're supposed to, by faith, just accept it and say, thank you, Lord. Don't know what you're doing, but you said in everything give thanks. And so, thank you. I'm going to enjoy your presence while you work this out. But instead, we get situation number one, and it's a true-false. I'm supposed to do this when this happens. True or false? No! False! False! I can't handle it! It's, it's too much! Situation number two comes along, true or false? No, I can't deal with that either. That's false, dude. Situation number three. God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. True or false? False! 
faults. I don't think he can do it. I know he's always done it in the past, but this is a big problem. (laughs) Situation number four. True or false? Love your enemies. Do good to them that despitefully use you and curse you. If your enemy hunger, feed them. If they thirst, give them drink. True or false? False. You don't know how ugly that person was to me. You don't know what stress they put on me and, and how awful it is. Oh, God, please, I can't forgive them and I don't like them. And Situation number five. True or false? Kids are going to go hungry and not going to have any clothes to wear. And your grandkids, well, what's going to happen if they have? But you can trust God to take care of them. False. No, I can't. Oh, Lord, I, I. Oh, God, it's not that I doubt you. It's. I'm just worried, okay? Because when you're worried or in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. And then you get the grade on your pop quiz. And then it's got a percentage beside it. Zero. Oh, man. That's terrible. And you take the test to God and you say, Oh God, look what I did. You want to hang this on your refrigerator? No. Because we failed the test. We flunked the quiz. And he is not pleased. And then in the midst of all that, he reaches out and puts his arms of love around us and he hugs us up close and he says, You'll do better next time. You can do this. You can trust me. I know you love me. I just want you to know that I love you. Wow. Without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And verse 8 is where we want to start tonight. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles or tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. 
cool. Now, the end of verse 8, every woman in here probably says amen every time they read that. Because you know men don't like stopping to ask directions. He went out not knowing whither he went. But Sarah didn't know where he was going either. She tagged along. Notice if you will two or three things about Abraham. Number one, he was called to go out. He was called to go out. And he was called to go out into a place in which he should have to receive for an inheritance. And number three, he obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. Four things. And number five, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And why did he do that? Because God promised him a city. A city whose builder and maker was God. A city not made with hands. Eternal in the heavenlies, the scripture tells us. And here's Abraham. He's a grown man. He's got a wife that he loves dearly. And a nephew whose dad died, Abraham's brother. And so he takes in this nephew and his family. And his dad, who can't live there alone. And they all pack up and they move from Ur of the Chaldees over on the Indian Ocean side of uh, it wasn't Kuwait, Iraq, Iran, that area. And they moved from there to Haran, which is up in Turkey. Okay, so they left here. It's backwards for you all, I realize. But, okay, I'll do it your way. They left here on the coast, and they went way up here to Haran. And they lived there until his dad passed away. And God said to him again, Abraham. This isn't the place I have for you. Pack up and let's go. Abraham was raised in a society that worshipped idols. Lots of idols. And yet he heard in his heart the voice of God. You say, you mean God spoke out loud? I don't know. He never has spoken out loud to me. He did speak out loud to Abraham on a few occasions, but not this one, I don't think. No, God just impressed him. I want you to get up and move, and I'll show you where to go. And you know what we do? God says, I want you to go someplace. We say, okay, what's the address? Uh, what do you mean, what's the address? Uh, what's the address? i got to put it in my GPS. I, I, you know, I got to at least uh, get a map, you know. My wife's going to want to navigate. I've got to get GPS. You know, wow. God says, no, get up and go. I'll, I'll tell you when you make a wrong turn. 
Can you believe it? I mean, what kind of God would do that? What kind of God would tell you to get up and go without telling you where he wanted you to go? The kind of God who wrote in his book, his word would be a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. If you wear foot lamps, you say, what in the world is a foot lamp? Well, you know how the the lights that uh, coal miners have on their helmets and now deer hunters have on their caps? Okay, you put those on top of your feet, okay? Only they were filled with oil. And and the only thing it would show you was the next step. Would light the path in front of you so you didn't step off the edge and, you know. (whistles) No. That same God said, you take the first step, I'll show you the next step. And we hate that. I mean, we absolutely hate that. Because we don't trust God. I mean, what if He's trying to mess us up? What if He's trying to hurt us? What if He's trying to make us look stupid? What if He's trying to embarrass us? Right? I mean, y'all know where I'm coming from here? But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So you mean in order to please God, i got to take that first step and wait for Him to say, okay, one more, take the next step. How can we do that? How can we live like that? Oh, the uncertainty. I mean, we're not designed to live with uncertainty. We want all the answers and we want them in advance. We want them now. And I don't have to know what God has planned for me ten years from now, but I do need to know what He wants me has for me tomorrow and the next day and next week and next month and next year. Right? I mean, okay, okay. I don't have to know. But if it's you, you want to know, don't you? <laughs> and He doesn't tell us. He didn't tell Abraham. He just said, get up and go. And Abraham packed up all his stuff and left. Why did he head south? I don't know. God impressed him to head south. So he takes off. I know why Lot went south. And I know why Sarah went south. Okay? I mean, the Bible doesn't mention it, but it's pretty clear. Do you know why Lot and Sarah went south? Because Abraham went south. Abraham walked with God and they walked with Abraham. I would much prefer to walk with God. Even if I don't know where we're going. Because I know God does know. used to be such fun traveling with Ron. Seriously. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know where we're going. You ever been there? No, no, but somebody told me how to get there. You know, yeah. Okay, we're going. You tell me when to turn. Okay. Oh, Randy, uh, I'm thinking maybe we missed the turn. Oh, really? You think so? Yeah. Uh, I think maybe it was back there somewhere. Well, what makes you think that? 
Well, because that sign up there says we're only five miles from such and such, and I know that's way past it. Oh, good. Thanks, Ron. You know? Oh, my goodness. I'd say, okay, you want to drive? Oh, no, no, you're doing good. You're doing good. Wow. If we went anywhere, I always wanted Ron to start out driving. Because when he quit driving, that was it. He wasn't driving anymore the rest of the way. It might be an hour. It might be two hours. Wow. He wasn't getting back in the driver's seat. Okay, I need you to drive. Oh, man, I'm awfully sleepy. I don't think I could do it. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place, after which he should receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. And by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange land, dwelling in in tents, in tabernacles, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and delivered of a, and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Yeah, 90 years old. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. You know what? That's, that's a good definition of faith. Mark that down. Faith is believing that God is faithful. That's all it is. If God is faithful, then why do I have to worry? God is faithful, isn't he? Of course he is. And Abraham trusted him. And he went out not knowing where he's going. Just knowing that God wanted him to go. And he ended up in Beersheba. We used to call it Beersheba, but it's Beersheba in Hebrew. That's what they'll call it. He digged a well there. Some oak trees were growing there. And he lived there, lived there, lived there, lived there, lived there. there. Long time. And one day three guys showed up at his door. It's not here in Hebrews, but it happened. He called for one of the young men and said, hey, go, 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 go prepare a meal. Tell Sarah to get a meal ready. He invited them to sit in the shade of his tent. They sat down in the shade of his tent. He fed them. He entertained them. They talked. They got all finished. And one of them said, you know what, Abraham? This time next year, Sarah's going to give you a baby. She's going to have a baby. And Abraham said, well, it's about time. Been waiting 24 years since you told me the first time I was going to have a baby. And Sarah's in the tent, and she's laughing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have a baby 90 years old. Oh, yeah. But they said, you laughed. And she said, "Uh, not me. He said, yeah, we're changing your name. 
to laughter. Sarah. You know anybody named Sarah? Their name means laughter. They're not happy and laughing all the time. Slap them. Say, hey, you got to live up to your name, you know. I live up to my name, Charles Randall. It means fierce warrior and a house wolf. You know? Yeah, a junkyard dog. That's what a fierce warrior with a, who's a house wolf is. Junkyard dog. I live up to mine. See? I mean, my wife doesn't get away with fighting back, with talking back. I never have bitten her, but I've growled a few times. Yeah, here's old Sarah. Can I have a baby? Probably about three months later, she woke up one morning, <coughs> got up to start the day, and washed her face, and sent one of the maidens out to get uh, water from the well, because by that time they had a lot of servants, and, and uh, servant brought the water, and she drank a little water, and got a piece of bread, probably pita bread, maybe smeared some preserve, big preserves on it, and she took a bite, and her stomach went, and she said, oh, my goodness, I think I'm going to throw up. You said, Brother Casey, the Bible talks about that? No, but how many women do you know that didn't have morning sickness? Okay. I mean, it's just pretty common, isn't it? Yeah. 90, 90 years old with morning sickness. Okay. Eight months later. Eight and a half months later, she delivers a baby. Calls his name Isaac. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. Who's that? Oh, that's Abraham. He's a hundred years old. Spring there, even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore, innumerable. Why? Because they believed God. Just faithful. Oh, believe God when He said, I want you to do this. And they did say, Oh, no, I, I, I don't think I can do that. Of course you can. No, no, I don't think I can. Trust me, I know I can't. Because I had that same conversation with God when He called me to preach at the age of 14. I can't preach. I can't stand up in front of people. Oh, my goodness. I can't even stand up in front of my classmates. Oh, this is terrifying. No, I can't do that, God. And that's what made him look so good. Because he knew I couldn't do it too. And he was going to have to do it through me if it got done. And so any success that I've had in ministry, 
anybody that's ever gotten saved, anybody's heart who's ever been touched, anybody who has ever grown spiritually as a result of the messages the Holy Spirit has given me are all the result of God doing it with somebody that he knew couldn't. And so if God calls you to do something and you know you can't, grab on tight and hold on for the ride because it's going to be quite an experience. Whoa! After I got to preaching, even before I was a pastor, I dreamed of being able to preach to thousands of people. Okay. You said, Brother Casey, have you ever preached in an auditorium to thousands of people? Nope. But I preached on the radio to tens of thousands of people. Numbers of times. And the Holy Spirit reminded me after Ron's funeral, you remember when you were dreaming about preaching to thousands of people? You just did it, bud. And I knew it wasn't me. It was him. By faith. That's why I don't have trouble tithing. That's why I don't have trouble sharing the gospel. Because I know it's him. It's not me. When God called Abraham, he got up and went. Because God is faithful. God is faithful. And that just kind of blows me over. Just kind of overwhelms me. That when I don't see any way it can possibly happen, I don't see any way that this is going to come together, God says, well, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Watch this. And he does it. And it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And so, I have a little song that I sing occasionally, usually by myself, when I'm in the car. When you're driving up the interstate and you're singing, people drive by and they go, I don't care. They can't hear me, so I don't care if they think I look funny or not. The song is real simple, and you all know it. It goes like this. He's able, he's able, I know he is able, I know my God is able to carry me through. He's able, he's able, I know he is able, I know my God is able to carry me through. He heals the brokenhearted, and he sets the captives free. He made the lame to walk again, and he caused the blind to see. He is able, he is able, I know he is able. I know my God is able to carry me through. Let's bow our heads together for a moment. Well, our heads are bad and our eyes are closed. If the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart tonight, and you sense that 
Perhaps you need to surrender and not argue with God so much about what steps he wants you to take, what he wants you to do. Just respond to his faithfulness. I'd invite you to come, kneel here at this altar. We're not going to have any music. We're not going to sing. I just want you to have an opportunity to make that kind of a commitment to God tonight. Not going to be long. It'll just be a few minutes. But if you need to come, come on.